Hey, welcome to the Afternell Podcast with Tim and George. Give us a listen. What do you have to lose? Because let's be honest, you've wasted time on sketchier stuff than this before. Hey, Tim. Hey, George. Something very sad happened. What was that, George? I had a yacht, a Lamborghini, a giant mansion, and virtually anything else one could imagine. Oh? What happened to it all? I I lost it all, Tim. Where'd they go? The batteries on my VR headset died. (laughs) Yeah. That's uh... (laughs) a... You know, that's that's uh yeah, that's the whole ready player one thing, right? Small room, <laughs> big world, right? Yep. So. And just so for those of you, I had to work for that joke because there aren't very many VR headset jokes. So I I took a basic concept and rambled on about it. There so you there you go. That's a I'm that's taking a, a bow. I'm taking bows in various directions. That's right a true now. George special. It's an original. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, and this is this is really a continuation, though, of, I mean, maybe four or five shows that we've done in the past when we've talked about CES, um, you know, uh, augmented reality, virtual reality. Yeah. I mean, this is just this is just another step, uh, another another rock in the path, if you will. Well, and, and what we're talking about today is the Apple um Augmented reality, I think, is probably the proper term. Mm-hmm. Uh, headset that's coming out. Yeah, vision. Vision. And again, th- this is what we do on the show. We talk about things that are coming. And the big thing here is a lot of these things are actually coming to reality. So people have been talking about this stuff, and there were Google Glasses and stuff like that a while ago. Um this is this really is a huge step forward, right? And not only was there the Google Glasses, but you know, obviously we've got Oculus in the marketplace, and we've got a lot of uh, knockoffs of Oculus, and and so the industry has been slowly growing. We've talked mm-hmm. about companies that uh, have jumped onto the um, onto the coattails of these, and and we've talked about uh, the uh, the penetration into the market. At CES, uh, and uh, you know, and internationally, all these companies that are you know coming out of the woodwork to Use really penetration. I knew it. I knew when I used the word, he was going to. <laughs> We're twelve-year-olds. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> and not only that, but we've talked about you know this. There's another part of this that we've talked. We've had conversations about blockchain and yeah. commerce, or what commerce may look like in. The metaverse. We've talked about the metaverse. So we talked is, about the met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is really this, this is a big building block. There's no question that right. this is a build, building block. And, and why don't we set the table, Tim, for vision of what it is, how much it costs. You know, uh, basically, what's the big deal with it? Right. So vision was announced at Worldwide Developer Conference um, this past two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Uh, as of the recording of this show, um, and you know, right now it's uh, uh, Monday, the twenty sixth of uh, June. 
Yep. So, um, you know, basically um, what they did was they said uh, in the tagline, hey, we have one one more thing. That's the, the tagline that Steve Jobs always used uh, at the keynote of Worldwide Developer Conference. They talked about uh, Vision or in this case, Vision Pro, uh, which is <clears throat> um, a headset, a headset that um, essentially Apple's releasing. Um, and it's a headset that's really packed with a lot of technology. So much technology, in fact, that they took the weight of the batteries off the headset and actually put it in your back pocket. So there's a cable that goes from the headset down uh, your back to the pocket, to your back pocket. Now, not a lot of people caught that, but that that is what is going on there. Um, and he, And here's why that's brilliant. We have already been conditioned to do that with our phone. Yep, absolutely. So 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 this is not going to be a oh, major inconvenience. We've been conditioned to have our phone with us and either have it connected to uh headphones or what have you and within a certain distance and this is the battery pack. I think the other thing it does is it'll keep heat and radiation off the head. Yeah, and so it which I think people would be concerned with. Well, yeah, I mean I'm not really worried about the radiation part, but the heat and weight, absolutely. You know, a lot of this stuff is, you know, we've we've tested this. We all know George kind of goes down the road of the uh, conspiracy theorists. So, you know, um, I'm just giving you a hard time, George. That's kind of my no, job. that no, 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 no. That's that's fine. I um I I just put an extra tinfoil on this one. I'm, I'm good. I mean, you know what? Who will be laughing when I grow a third arm out my forehead and you won't be? So, you know. That's I mean, right. Yeah. That's right. Who had the and, last laugh then, right? That's right. And because I've been nice to AI and aliens are my friend. So there you go. Um, for those of you who are, for those of you who are Apple fans, you're familiar with the Maglock technology and um, the technology to charge uh, Apple watches. It's similar um, the charging uh, port is on the left side of the temple, and it goes down over the left ear, and presumably the pack pack or the battery pack would be in the left pocket. Um, Playtime or uh, the the ability to use the goggles is about two hours, from what they say. There is no in ear speakers on this. Um, the speakers are uh, are based off of a, a set of speakers that go from the back of the head to the front of what I'm going to call the goggle component of this they look like goggles obviously they fit very comfortably right they look like actually yeah and and so uh i, I think an important distinction here mm-hmm. unlike some of the other vr headsets this is an augmented reality headset it's clear so you're not you're not in a enclosed thing just basically looking at a phone through a viewer you're actually you can actually see what's in front of you you it's can like a headset. It's all it, yes, you can. I mean, it, you could, I guess, kind of have a big screen in front of you if you wanted, um, but you do have the ability to also see what's really there. And uh, the way I saw it, it kind of and Tim, correct me if I'm wrong. It kind of looked like ski goggles ish. They do look like ski goggles, but I want to be perfectly clear. When you look through the, we're going to call them goggles, and it it doesn't really do it any justice. It's a it really is a really nicely shaped piece of whole glass in an aluminum frame with a very, very nice stitched, um, you know, uh, I'm going to call it a, a, a head band that's along the back part of the head. And uh, on the opposite side of where the charging is, there's a dial. It's a control dial. But I want to be very 
very clear here. When you look through it, you are actually looking at a screen. I don't. I, I think you. I, I think you understand that. That you're looking at a screen. The eyes that people see is actually an LED screen they're looking at. Really? Yes. I thought it was kind of semi-transparent. No, it is not transparent at all. It is a illusion. You're seeing a projection of that person's eyes as it's scanned. It's actually put onto an LED screen so people can see your eyes, but those aren't your real eyes. Okay, that kind of made it a little creepier. Right. Well, so the whole idea, though, is when people come up to you, they can see your eyes, they can see you look at them, and they can see pulsing, like like now pulsing, right? And that pulsing would be that you're in a VR mode or you're in an augmented reality mode. So they know that you can see them, but that you're also um, doing things while you're looking at them. So it also gives the person who's approaching you with the... Um, with the Apple headset on, a cue that they're doing work or they may be in a meeting, right? Or they might be in a Zoom call. So it's actually kind of very cool that it, it actually runs like that. Interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, again, like I said, it's an entire aluminum frame. It's got a bunch of sensors on it. Uh, below it, above it, inside it, they're tracking your eyes. You can actually do things uh, with your eyes as you look at them. And I call this the Stark tech, right? The Tony Stark tech. Um, when, you know, Tony Stark looks at things when he's in the uh, Iron Man suit, you know, uh, uh, Jarvis is queuing off his, his retinas. And very much, very similar to that, that's how Vision Pro works. You can queue off the eyes and you can move things around. And you can also do gestures with your hands because on the bottom of the, the goggles are uh, an array of sensors that are also watching your hands. And it's also scanning the room with the LiDAR scanner. Um, the reason why it's scanning the room and kind of mapping things out is it does what we call a ray tracing. Um, the ray tracing uh, kind of looks at the room and looks at how the spatial audio is going to work. And it kind of um, sets up a, a very immersive experience for the user. Uh-huh. Wow, and, and the the interface for this is your eyes. Yep, it's your eyes and your hands. You can scroll with your hands, and you can look with your eyes. That's correct. Which is which is so bizarre. So you're you're looking at this. You're looking through this screen, and if there's a phone call, you can decide to answer it or or decline. Um, or if you want to do a FaceTime call or a video call or, a, a kind of, you know, like a Zoom call or something like that, it'll actually create an image of you talking. Like a, life, like a lifelike avatar, correct? Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Well, yeah, because you'll have the goggles on, so it would look weird if you took a call with goggles on. <laughs> right? Yeah, so. but could, could you imagine, hey, you know what? Um knock off 20 pounds <laughs> you know and make right. my make my hair darker and uh you know all that for kind of in my case give me hair right you know something like tim, that. tim you are you are a bald beautiful man thank you i appreciate that George. Yeah, yeah you don't need hair i appreciate that yeah um so the other cool stuff is um it is aware of its surroundings from a apple device standpoint so if you have goggles on and you look at let's say a macbook pro um you can, it will identify it, kind of put it in your inventory in your goggle headset, 
uh, or in your vision headset. And then you can actually like point, let's say you can gesture at the MacBook Pro and move the screen to the of the MacBook Pro to your vision headset. And you can actually work on your Mac through your vision um, uh, and simultaneously use both devices um, in a um, in a complementary perspective from a complementary perspective. And again, Stark Tech, right? You can take a look at something, you can move it. You know, a lot of people might say, oh, that's cool. I can work on my desktop. Uh, how many desktops can I have? And though I think the whole idea or the evolution of this, and I don't want to speak for anybody at Apple, but I mean, I think they made it very clear in the keynote. Um, and we encourage you guys to go to apple.com and, and take a yeah, look. Yeah, you really have to see it. it it's it, As always, it is packaged just incredibly well. Um, but the whole idea is... Why do we need desktops anymore? Your apps can float in your space. And so, you know, your your um, your room essentially becomes your digital canvas. And you are, again, going back to the whole Stark Tech or Minority Report thing, you're moving things from one um, app to another in, you know, crystal clear air. And you're doing all these gestures and you're essentially working in a much larger digital um, you know, virtual environment. And this is going to change it. Now, the, the one thing, so before we get super overblown about this, um, this is not, this is definitely a huge step. But the way it's priced, it's not going to be... Um, super heavily adopted at right now in this in this iteration. So this is a great point. And I I love the fact that you brought that up. And so what I've been telling people is, and look, I am I am not a fanboy. I'm not an Apple fanboy. I do have a lot of hardware. Um I I I look at it for what it is. And I'm kind of looking at this um the same way I looked at iPod when iPod first came out. So when iPod first came out in 2000, 2001, Steve, you know, had it in his pocket. He went through this entire speech, um, went through the entire keynote. And again, in that, in that keynote, he's like, Oh, and by the way, there's one last thing. And then he points to his pocket and he pulls out, you know, uh, iPod and iPod had, it was a MP3 player or a music player. It wasn't pitched as an MP3 player, but a music player, they could play a thousand songs for a thousand dollars, right? I mean, at the time, think about that. There was a lot of um, MP3 players out on the market. Some very, very cheap ones, some very, very expensive ones. Um, and iPod was by far on the high end of the expensive side. Um, and it wasn't trying to be cheap, but what it was, was it was innovative from the perspective of... Um, Prior to iPod's release, Steve Jobs had and Apple had worked out agreements with all of the recording studios, and you know Sony was a big obstacle in this situation. All that got worked out, um, and they had the ability to do, um, you know, the uh, the you know Apple Music Store and and the App Store and all that stuff, where you can buy albums and music and all that. That's what made it unique. Um, Along that route, it 
provided a standard. It provided a marketplace and it provided, you know, a high-end solution um, when people wanted that. That's what this is in the same regards. We've got low-end VR headsets. We've got medium, mid-to-level VR headsets. And then we've got the high-end Oculus type of headsets. And we've got companies like Tesla Suit. It's not related to Tesla, the electric car company. Uh, but they they got run by Elon Musk, close personal friend, personal friend of the show. The show, yeah. But my point being, you know, there are companies that make gloves. There's companies that make suits, and so you've got a lot of all these spinoffs. But again, it's kind of the same concept. For thirty five hundred dollars uh, available next spring, you're going to have something that is a is better packaged. It's more refined. It's more defined. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what Apple does. Apple's never the first, but they make it an experience. Right. And so if we go off that iPod example, the first iPod was $1,000. Right. By the time the iPod went away because of the iPhone, um, you could get an iPod mini for 100 bucks. Yeah, and it decimated the market and completely changed it forever. Absolutely, because they went, it wasn't the iPod you were buying. You were buying iTunes. It was the that ecosystem. Experience. Yep, it yes, was the you, ecosystem. Yeah, that exactly, exactly. And then six or seven years later, the iPhone came out, and it was like, well, I got my BlackBerry, I got my apps on my BlackBerry, I got my flip phone. What do we need? What do we need something different for? And it was... Very different and very revolutionary. And again, um, this is just that repackaged. And now yeah. I don't want to diminish the awesomeness of the presentation that Apple had or the um, the potential that this product has because this product has a huge potential. I have not seen a product yet that tell that you know convinced me that the world could go in a scary direction towards ready player one because you know that that world is not a world i want to live in but no no um, but but <laughs> but i mean if i were to see a piece of tech that could take us down that road this would be it or at least this is the this is the this the the crawl Right, this oh, is the crawl, yeah, walk, run, and because I think eventually this is, and again, all these pieces melt together. So we've got this. It's kind of like a, a human interface. Um, it's a giant step towards the um, towards the metaverse coming, actually being useful. Um. Whenever you get a, a heavyweight like this that does something, and you know it's just going to get more and more refined and smaller and uh, faster and better, right? So um, this is like when um, big screen TVs came out. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Right? It's like, holy shit, my gosh, look how big that is. But it's a projector, and, and if you bumped it, you might have to get someone out that... I'm not saying that this is that fragile, but it, the equivalency of first gen for real. 
And they, they did a great job. Yeah. I and mean, it's like. Yeah. And so the point that I think we're both trying to make is, um, and I think they're both great analogies, uh, like the iPod, like the iPhone, like the high definition TV, through every iteration and every generation, the cost has dropped, 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 dropped. And the technology has gone higher, 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 higher. And the capabilities have become more um, uh, intense. And um, the <clears throat> the important thing to remember, though, is I, I think what I'm excited about is this puts other companies on notice. You know, um, there's been some downplay within the industry. You know, I... Um, you know, I like Meta and I like Facebook and I, and I, I like what they're doing over there. And, uh, but, but I mean, I think their product was, um, you know, uh, a seven out of 10, a six and a half out of 10 because they had no competition because they had no, no, uh, weight, uh, or no other, um, competitor to measure themselves against. So they put out there what they thought was good. And by the way, Oculus is a good platform. But now that I mean, for the time, you got to look at the also, they didn't have anyone to copy off of or do anything. They were for, they, they were pretty much first to market. Yeah, for sure. And they've done a great job. Um, but now that the content is richer on the Apple side and the quality is richer on the Apple side, you know, if, you know, uh, Zuckerberg can complain as much as he wants and he can downplay the product as much as he wants, but it's going to put his company on uh, notice and it's going to make them do a better job with their products and the whole idea of the metaverse was never one company controlling everything even though facebook most definitely wants that um what the idea of the metaverse is is if you're into the whole microsoft environment or world you'll have a microsoft vr headset that you can put on if you're into the whole oculus world you'll have an oculus headset you can put on and if you're part of the Apple world, you know, and there might be other 20 other flavors. And whenever you portal into, um, you know, the metaverse, again, you're kind of using that as your launching point into a much larger world that we all hope will be interconnected. And we've talked in the past about how, you know, different networks will could potentially communicate, how you could potentially have virtual money in, you know, the... Um, the Apple world, it, it could be through Apple Pay, and that would be a blockchain technology. And in order to buy something in the Microsoft world through Apple, there would have to be a blockchain gateway or whatnot. And, and now we're just seeing the building blocks of that getting built. I mean, we're seeing, you know, the technologies and, and the cornerstones and the foundations being built. And, you know, I was going to ask you about that, Tim. The In the U.S., I would say uh, Apple has has a, a definite advantage, <clears throat> but in the rest of the world, um, they uh, they do uh, appreciate Apple, but there is also um, there are other devices, right? So right, uh, um, Samsung, the Google devices, um, all, all these things running Android. Um, It'll be interesting to see in other countries which gets pushed and which gets adopted. Absolutely. You're going to see um, in 
Look, I've never been, um, I've always been very vocal and very honest about this. Um, I don't think, I think that, the, I think Chinese companies have a lot of good innovation and technology, but I think their innovation starts by copying us. Sorry. That's just the way I feel. No, no, no. I, I, I think you're right. Um, Chinese, yes. I would say there are some Korean com companies, uh, Samsung in particular, that does some really innovative stuff. And sometimes you'll find, um, especially in something, in, especially in, in like camera technology, you'll see it on, um, on Samsung labeled phones well before they're on the Apple phones. No, and that's, that's a great example. Like, um, Sony, um, I think they're one of the best TV companies in the world. They're a great Japanese company. They own the ecosystem from end to end. If a lot of you don't know, Sony not only owns, you know, the TV market, in my opinion, um, from from a high-end perspective. Oh, yeah. But they also own, you know, Sony Pictures. They have um, a division that builds Sony cameras for making movies. I mean, they have an entire ecosystem from cradle to grave of if you want, you know, to make a movie and to record a movie and then to view a movie in the home or in the theaters... Sony has got an answer for everything um, media like that. Um, and so, you know, you're absolutely right. I'm uh, my gripe is primarily with Chinese companies, but I think I think you're right. Korean companies are very innovative. I think Chinese uh, sorry, uh, Japanese companies are very innovative. I mean, even Canon and, um, you know, uh, like the, the the camera companies, right? Oh, yeah. DSLRs and, you know, like Canon, like lenses and technology in, in, in that arena is unparalleled, unmatched, uh, very good technology. Um, but, yeah, going back to the VR world and, and, and all of that, um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of copycats. And, and by the way, w when I say Chinese copy, I don't necessarily think that that's an enormous, enormously bad thing. Um, because what it is, is it's proliferation of a technology to make it mainstreamed. So I didn't mean to come off as it was a, a completely negative thing. Um, it, it, it would be getting um, a, a concept and technology like that out into the mainstream for sure. If you can't afford an Apple, if you can't afford an Apple Vision or even a, um, uh, you know, a, a Oculus, you can get something that's less expensive, get in, save some more money, and then, you know, graduate up, right? So the whole idea of this is, this is industry changing, though. This pushes what we thought of as augmented reality, virtual reality to that next step. Yeah, and it, giant, giant step. Um, and, and again, what we've seen in the past, um, if we follow the trend, the adoption rate of technology has been shrunk exponentially from what it used to be. Right. So what used to be, um, I mean, if you look at the telephone and the TV and then uh, VCRs and, and CDs, and you know, all those became shorter and shorter where, where, it, um, where it actually became more mainstream. And if you look at the phones and social media, again, 
they get adopted very, very quickly now. I think you're going to see the same with these sets. Um, they're trying to figure out, you know, and the, the big thing is, is this the prototype? I think in general, not just Apple, but a lot of different manufacturers are going to learn so much from this that it's going to be like, oh, okay, this didn't work, but man, people really love this feature. And going forward, um, you know, is this something that, and, and I think you, you, if you're being realistic, at some point there's going to be something implanted in each person, right? Right. It may not be Neuralink that's being developed by a close personal friend of the show. Personal friend of the show, okay. Um, but there will be something like that. Yeah, I mean, and it's also uh, a huge industry changer. Um, it's a it's a mover. It's a disruptor um, because um, because the media and content is so much more rich. You can see internet service providers um, starting to ramp. Um, you're starting to see internet service providers providing much more higher level. Um, you know, higher bit, you know, um, uh, internet packages. Whereas before, when you have been only able to buy, you know, 200 meg, 300 meg, 400 meg, now we're talking about a gig service, two gig service, three gig service. What you're seeing is um, in-home Wi-Fi, with Wi-Fi go, it's starting to graduate from that, you know, Wi-Fi 6 to Wi-Fi 6E to the upcoming standards for Wi-Fi 7 coming out. Um it, you're starting to see um, even smart technology where um, you have adaptive, um, you know, adaptive technologies and wireless where you're setting preference, you know, kind of a quality of service, right? Um, in home where, hey, I want my streaming, I want my, my Apple TVs to be a preference over everything else. You know, we're starting to do some really advanced stuff in home over Wi-Fi because the demands of... This new rich content, whether it be streaming or whether it be, you know, VR, and let's just be honest with you, it's it's going to be really interesting to see what what you know plays out in the next couple of years. Um, but you know, VR is going to be one of those things where if people buy it and they adopt it, they're going to want their home networks to keep up with it, and so that's just going to push the market to more bandwidth, more content, more rich content. Oh yeah, and I don't, you know, depending on where you live, your your experiences are going to be different. But for example, in a lot of metro areas, depending on who your cable provider is, you're pretty much blanketed by their Wi-Fi network that you can access when you leave home. Right, and and it's free. Well, not free, but it's part of your cable or internet subscription with them, which means all these high bandwidth things, you won't have to go someplace and, and definitely hook up to a, a Wi-Fi network. Um, and cellular capabilities getting uh, more robust all the time as well. So, you know, all these things are being made possible by higher bandwidth, better processors, longer battery life, all, all these all these innovations are making this more feasible now, right? And and it's a good point. It's it's worth noting that with the Vision headset, 
Um, you know, not only are you looking at a situation where they're using cameras, they're using spatial audio, they're using very specific processors to process and to ingest this just immense amount of data. Um, but they're they're also using high resolution, you know, f more than uh, more resolution per each eye than a 4K TV. They've got um, uh, lenses for people who are nearsighted or farsighted. They've got attachable lenses inside of these. I hate to use the word goggle, but I'll use the word goggle for it right now. Um, yeah. The speakers are 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 very very um, directional. Again, they use ray tracing, and they they ray tracing meaning they can map the room out, and they can um, see um, couches, and they can see tables, and they know how audio is going to bounce off those devices in, in the ear, you know, it's, um, there's a lot there. There's a lot to it. And, um, um, what it is, is to your point, George, it's a culmination of technology. We would not have been able to get the, get here unless we had gone down the path that we went down. Um, we would not be able to have a, a pair of goggles like this unless we had, you know, the, the high definition TV revolution, which basically went from 2001 to today. You know, yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. That 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 whole industry is still playing out with the advent of AK getting released, sixteen and thirty-two K TVs coming down the pipeline. Um, you know, uh, but again, it all boils down to content, and usually, what publishes that content is, um, you know, sports media, and you know, dare may porn. I say it? Yeah, you beat me to it. Important. Yeah, uh, I mean, you got, um, those of us in the technology world. Um, realize that the truth is, is that the adult content industry has done more for technology than anyone really wants to admit. Oh yeah, for sure. Because it's such a huge money maker, and so, um, they've always been on the forefront of technology. Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things I was thinking about what what could be really cool with these goggles, if you will. Um, that could be a, very expensive, but the best set of eyeglasses you've ever had. Could be. Right? Could be. Going forward. Yeah. Because they've got cameras out there. They could they could figure out the curvature of your eye or whatever and uh, adjust for stig stigmatisms or you could focus it yourself. And then if you think about it, like when you're driving at night, you could have infrared or, you know, or whatever um, to, 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 to see in the darkness. And, and the, the applications could be really cool. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know if they're going that I, I would, I, I don't think that they're doing that right now. Right, right. Right. But I'm just saying, I think it's, it's a pretty logical next step. You know, someone's going to do it because it doesn't cost that much to do that with a camera. Right. You know, those camera lenses that are amazing are really cheap. And and to add infrared and this other stuff, they're in some pretty inexpensive tools right now. So I would imagine it could be integrated relatively cheaply. Now, that's a ways off, but it just seems like that would be really beneficial and and um, could be pretty cool. 
Yeah, I, I've even heard murmurs of, you know, because Apple's got a pretty good uh, health kit, um, uh, health stack, let's call it a health technology stack. They're, you know, with their iPhone, excuse me, with their iWatch, with their Apple Watch, excuse me, um, they have the ability to track heart rate. They have the ability to track, you know, workouts and, and swimming, bicycling, all that stuff. With the iPhone, <clears throat> they know when you fall. Um, they can send alerts. Um, they've got a lot of software that kind of interacts. There's a lot of third-party software. You can even do um, blood pressure. They got a wireless blood pressure um, unit that talks right back to the iPhone, and you know you can track your blood pressure. But with um, with Vision, perhaps it could even take note of changes in the cornea and retina, and mm. you know take a look at hey, how does how is your eyesight and health over time? It it, it may be able to map your eye uh, initially and then um take note of changes over time over duration yeah yeah, yeah and, and do the do all those eye exams where it shoots light in the back of your eye and... yeah yeah maybe so i mean um i i think the uh i think it's an interesting first step and i think that oh yeah i think that i think that in my opinion um apple walked out on the stage showed what they had to show and then Mike dropped it a little only because a lot of people were giving Apple a really hard time about the lack of innovation that's been, um, you know, um, uh, been shown in the last couple of years, you know, they did air tags or not been shown, right? <laughs> they did an air tag. No, that's exactly it. They did air tags. They've, they've done it other iterations of, uh, iPhone and whatnot. Um, this is a huge leap forward and it is again, a culmination, as you stated, of a lot of different technologies, LiDAR, camera, processing, video, motion detection, um, you know, and then and, and software development too, bringing it all together and making it all work. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I think that this is, again, um, I'm not going to drop uh, three and a half on it. Right, <laughs> right. Thirty five hundred. I'm not going to do it because, um, I'm not an early adopter mm-hmm. for for stuff like that. But I'm really interested to see like what headset four looks like. You yeah. know, yeah, no, <laughs> I I think that's you know, and you know, so and a lot of people might roll their eyes, and I and I I appreciate that. I really do. You know. A lot of people who are aligned to the Android world might say, well, you know, what about Android and all that? And no, I, I agree with that. I think that there's been a lot of innovation from the Android side. And, you know, I, I'd like to see Android come out with a, a virtual reality headset that matches this level of technology. Um, you know, one of the things that I wanted to mention was um, MP3 players, they didn't go away. And I, th- oh, that, no. that's what I thought was funny was... You know, we there's they didn't go away. In fact, um, today you've got like really three camps, right? You've got the people who just really use their iPhones or uh, Android devices just for as their music player, right? Which is perfectly fine. Um, and then you have the really low end market, which um, you know really that's that's dwindled down to I'd say less than ten or fifteen percent, right? I mean because most of the days to most of the solutions today. You just plug your phone in and use it as a mobile audio player. So that that would yeah. account for part of the low-end market. But there are some people out there who still want a separate music player, and that 
that could that could definitely play but the high-end market is unique you know there's mm. there's entire industries around this like in new york uh and uh, uh every year in the spring there's this um festival or show called can J- uh, jam which you know uh can jam what they're talking about is headphones uh they call it headphones cans right and so yeah. it's basically port- portable audio and you have all of these big high-end portable audio companies to your point that come out of korea that come out of um some parts of china japan um the u.s you know i mean you've got all of these headphone companies that just they do this really high-end play to portable audio that you know what quite honestly apple isn't there they don't play in that high end they play in mass market yeah and there's always stuff like that for example when um the phonographs started going away in in um in deference to uh cds Mm -hmm. that the hundred dollar phonograph went away but you're talking about a record player? The, yeah, record player. Record player, yeah. But the $700 one that gives you crystal clear sound, those still sell. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, it, it, it's it's a it's a complete that's a great analogy, George. There's been a resurgence of vinyl and people who listen to vinyl. Yeah. Because there are some people who swear up and down that vinyl sounds much better and and and, and by the way, I've I've heard the, you know, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollar audio systems, and I've heard that the eight to ten thousand dollar audio systems with vinyl too, and I got to tell you, um, it's a hard argument. Someone out there is onto something when it comes to vinyl versus digital format. Um, they're very close, and so in some cases, when you listen to um, there's, there's an old saying in a lot of industries, you're only as good as your, your most weakest link. And sometimes in audio, your most weakest link is your recording. If you've got a really good sound engineer, it's going to sound great. And, and on vinyl, it might sound way better than digital. So yes, there's been a resurgence of record players, um, that are out there and, and there's, there's, it's not a handful of companies. It's like 200, 300 companies that are out there vpi on the high end you know and and you know there's there's just a bunch of companies out there that make record players and to your point they sound great they sound amazing yeah yeah and i think was it uh 2021 that vinyl outsold cds yeah i I think you're right there was a couple articles that were written about that and um now you know we're always talking format wars right and so yeah um, you know, we're not talking about going back to the whole um, high-end portable digital music uh, industry. You know, you have DSD, direct digital stream, <clears throat> and DSD64, DSD128. Those formats, are, in my opinion, come really close to some of the best vinyl music. But you got to have some high-end hardware to really process that up and spit it out a really good pair of speakers. So... But what has Apple done? They've brought very good audio to the masses by way of iPod um, and their headphones. And and I think there's a lot of good other good headphone companies out there and a lot of 
uh, companies that have copied that idea. Um, and, and, and I think that today we have a better uh, appreciation for music and we're listening to a higher quality of music. I think if you, if you pulled a lot of audiophiles and non-audiophiles, but people who just love listening to music, the 90s were the dark ages of music recording because the quality of recording kind of went down, I'd say around 93, 94, and it kind of came back into being better around 2004, 2005 after iPod came out and people started taking a real look at, hey, if we're going to archive this stuff and keep it around and make digital masters of this stuff, we've got to make it, you know, really good. Um, there's an advocate for this. His name is Paul McGowan. He owns PS Audio in Denver. Um, mm -hmm. And he's started his own audio recording studio in Denver. Not only does he make a line of great audio gear from amplifiers to speakers now, but he's also pushing artists and music so people can really appreciate the, the um, what happens when a recording is done right. Wow, and that that is such a big difference. I mean, it. Um, if you listen to some of the great songs, there are so many stories about how they were recorded, mm -hmm. and and um, it has very little to do with technology. No, it has to do with the human behind the board and exactly. making making the right decisions. Exactly, and it, George, it took me a long time to really understand that too. That was that was my hard learning curve. And and I got to tell you, we it, I think we should do a, a completely separate show on audio. But um, well, we did do a show on audio. Remember, we, we talked did, about the yeah, audio format. Yeah, no, 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 we did. But uh, just uh, again, yeah, uh, we talked about audio format. Yeah, uh, I want to do a show on audio and music. Yeah, because I when I listen to the radio, I got to tell you, I am just so angry at how lazy some of these artists are <laughs> and and they, and, they, and they have access to all the resources in the world but they there's so many things where they'll either um just take a loop or um sample one small part of a song and there's no there's no chorus chorus bridge you know, uh, transition chorus. There's no, there's no changing of keys. I think they said that most, it's a ridiculous number of songs that are popular in, in streaming that don't have a key change in the song. Yeah. Yeah. So that means, that means you're, 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 you're just playing like one small melody. And if, if you're somebody that is just listening to the words or whoever's talking over the music or whatever. That's one thing. But if you actually like the music behind the words and when it's done well, the music contributes to that overall song and 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 mess and, and journey that you're on. Yep. Listening to a lot of popular songs today, oh my God, it's so lazy. I, I, I really just want to slap some of these people and go, you know... You're making so much money. You're paying so much money in production. Bring in some real freaking musicians rather than one guy working behind a console with some samples. Yeah, and and also, when you go into studio, 
use the right hardware, man. I mean, you know, yeah. some of these studios and, you know, in LA, right? RCA or um, yeah. Yeah, whatever, or Capital. Capital, right? Capital Records now, right? Capital Records or like in um, uh, Nashville, you know, these are places that have been around for 60 years, right? 70 years and yeah. 100 years at this point. And they just have those, <clears throat> they have those 50 year old microphones that just have that sweet spot. They have that sound. Oh, and yeah. come on, you know, and that's that's the one thing that I like about um, bands that um, experiment, you know, um, uh, you, you know, my love of music and, you know, uh, I'm not going to go into, you know, who I love, but, you know, um, it's it's cool to see bands go back to the roots, period. Not not even Gosh. their, well, not <laughs> not even their roots. Right. You know, let's not let let's not go to Electronica. Right. Let's. You know, yeah. even even people who are doing, which is funny, even people who are doing EDM, are are sampling with much higher end sampling platforms. You know, and much better hardware these days. They're spending the money, they're taking the time. I like that. I like seeing that. Yeah, and you know, um, I'd love to do. We could do a whole episode on, uh, and the, actually, Netflix did did a a show about Dave Grohl. Yeah. That's a great who bought, example. Who, who who bought the mixing board from this one famous recording studio, and it like Fleetwood Mac, I think, did rumors there. Um, one of the best recorded albums, you know. Yeah, and NWA did there yeah. did their did their album there, and it was on this one board. And back then, they were kind of custom, mm-hmm. you know, and um, the place was either being remodeled or sold or torn down and Dave Grohl actually bought and moved the mixing board <laughs> that all these songs were recorded on and it's like I respect that yeah. that's a guy that that has respect for the craft yeah for sure um bringing the conversation full circle um you know these are people who were innovator innovators of new music in the 80s and 90s new music mean mean grunge at the time and all that stuff but you know they've come full circle and they've now turned it into a craft and they've put a level of quality or they're trying to put a level of quality into things um because their um expertise has matured their industry has matured um when it comes to augmented reality and virtual reality like we're talking about today we're very much at the very first steps of you know venturing down this very deep rabbit hole but as we go farther and farther deeper in this um the content very much like music is today the content's going to get richer and richer and richer i think so rich that it will be hard to really discern the difference between reality and augmented reality. And I think mm. I think that's a conversation that we should also have at some point. Yeah. That that goes into the Neuralink conversation. What what then separates reality from fantasy if you know, let's say you plug your brain in and you go to sleep and in eight hours you live eight weeks of another life. Yeah. And then you wake up, because and and that's again, uh, 
firmly having my my tinfoil hat on. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Matrix kind of kind of brought this out. Mm-hmm. There is some there is some basis for thinking that we're in a simulation, right? And um, when you do this, so let's say this VR headset, and and I think what was that? that there was a Disney movie, uh, Wally. Wally was like that, right, 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 where people just were doing their thing, and then there was another movie with um, uh, Bruce Willis about it, where people are plugged in, and that's their life, but right. they never move, they never really experience, but. If you and in Wally, something. and in Wally, everyone got fat. Remember? <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. sorry, exactly. I just I, I thought that was funny. No, no, but that's because in their mind's eye, though they weren't right, 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 right. Because it's like, um, if you experience something, is it real or not? And it's easy to say no, but if you're plugged in and you're in a, a chamber, have a headset or whatever, and you live an experience, have you not experienced that? Right. And and again, the parallels are, you know, the media getting better, the medium getting better to the point where you really can't tell the difference between reality and fantasy. And and you know, I thought I thought I think you it was very nicely nicely parallel between music and what it used to be and what it is now, you know, and so what happens if you're sitting down, um, in a lounge and you're watching, um, Fleetwood Mac play with Prince on the stage in a virtual reality environment. And then an AI goes and creates a completely brand new song that they sing Mm -hmm. and it becomes a number one hit. Yeah, I mean, where where does that take reality, right? I mean, does yeah. that does that is that a Fleetwood Mac, you know, release? Is that a Prince release? Is that is that um, the does AI it, owners release? Does it get tagged as a third, um, you know, um, augmented uh, reality media that is shared between the artists because the artists' voices are used? There's going to be a lot of things that we need to as as a um as a species but more more importantly as a uh, as a society we're going to have to deal with those at one time very very clearly in the, defined, in the very, and it's going to happen in the very near future it's going to very very clearly defined lines of this is this and that is that those lines are going to become uber blurred and uh, it's going to be very interesting to see where that goes. No question. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, and again, this, this headset, Apple Vision, um, first step to making, to blurring those a uh, whole heck of a lot more. Yeah. Right. This j- j- just the beginning. Yeah. Just the beginning. 